All right, that's good. Stop feeling sorry for yourself, Corey. All right, are you ready? How's everyone doing? Everyone's happy? Everyone's excited? Edge of the seat? Jesus' name. Let's go to 1 John 3, 8. We're gonna start on the heaviest scripture and you're gonna love it. I just believe this community loves truth, you know, loves Jesus. So we do, eh? We just, we just love the Lord and uh, we wanna get rid of anything that would entangle us. Amen. 1 John 3, 8. I'm reading now the Amplified Classic Edition. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the who? Poof. He takes his character from the evil one. How many know we've been given a new nature? A divine nature that looks like somebody else. What's his name? Jesus. Amen. So we're not of the we're not of the devil. We're of our Father in heaven. Yes. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the when? He's been doing it since the beginning, all right? Just not changing who he is, all right? Uh, from the beginning, the reason the Son of God, who's the Son of God? Beautiful pop quiz tonight. The reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible was to what? To undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve. I love the Amplified Bible. Come on. Just in case we were worried. To, to loosen, to destroy, and dissolve the works of the devil. Come on, somebody. We're going to go to Luke 4 right now, and I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. Really, all I want you to know tonight is that we are in a spiritual battle. I don't know if you realize that. Um, I think sometimes, I, I can say this because I'm a pastor's kid, and I've been around for, how long have I been around for? I don't want to tell you my age. Uh, 21 years. And uh, <laughs> someone has said to me, I'm 38 today. I was like, slow down. I'm not that old. Anyway, I don't think he's going back to the church. I said, don't come back here. <laughs> joking. I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, I grew up in church, and, and there, was a, there was a season in, 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 in church that um, everything was a spiritual attack. Was anyone alive for those days? Everything was like a spiritual attack. Like, you got to punch a spiritual attack. Uh, <laughs> the kids wouldn't go to sleep. Spiritual attack. Uh, <laughs> everything, there was just spiritual attacks going on all over the place. Unfortunately, I do think uh, we've, we've shifted too far from that where nothing's a spiritual attack. Everything's just natural. Everything's just got an explanation. Uh, there's, no, there's no more talk really about us being in a spiritual battle. Um, there was a whole revelation that came through the body of Christ that we're the army of God. Does anyone remember that? Two people still remember that they're in an army. Praise God. I'm preaching a crumb. This message is for today. We are in an army, and we've come into a revelation of sonship or daughtership, which means that we're children of God. That's been an amazing uh, revelation that's come to the body of Christ. But I've, the more time I spend with the Lord, the more I realize it's from glory to glory. So previous revelations are not wrong now. Like, they're, they're meant to be built on top of the, the previous revelation. So, so now that we're sons and daughters, does not mean that we're just sons and daughters and we, there's no battle anymore. We're still sons and daughters in an army. <laughs> But we're fighting from sonship. We're fighting from, from the place of identity and knowing that we're loved and that our, our Father's good and we're not into performance and we're not trying to do things in our own strength. We, we're living from identity that we're sons and daughters, but there's still a battle. Amen. I think sometimes uh, I've noticed with, with COVID and um, inflation and um, vaccines and all kinds of stuff, there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, people right now who are feeling very uh, discouraged, disheartened, disheartened, tired, and we're trying to put on it naturally 
what's the reason? But I believe that it's actually a spiritual issue. I believe that we haven't figured out that we're in a battle and that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but every principality and power. And so we have to be battle ready. Can I get an amen? So we're gonna go to Luke 4. This is right after Jesus just been baptized in the Holy Ghost and there was a voice that came from heaven and said, behold, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Just good to note he'd never done a miracle before then. Amen. So we're gonna pick it up in uh, verse four. So just, just receive the anointing, just receive the Holy Spirit. How many of you have received the Holy Spirit in this room? I'm just looking who doesn't put their hand up because I'm gonna get you. <laughs> See, I'm like, I'm gonna respond tonight. So just receive the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is exactly what happens right now. In chapter four, verse one, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, right? Because he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for how many days? 40 days, being tempted by the devil, right? We have an enemy. And he ate nothing during those days. Anyone done a 40-day fast with nothing? Whew. And when they, were, when they ended, he was hungry. Of course he was. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, again, question of identity. If you are the Come on, did he not just hear the Father's voice say, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased? Well, if you're the son of God, do something, <laughs> right? That's why we have to know that we're sons and daughters. We don't, we don't react to the enemy and try and prove that we're sons and daughters. We are sons and daughters. That was just a good encouragement for someone there who's striving in their own strength right now. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by what? By bread alone, and the devil took him up and showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me. How many know that we lost the, 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 the earth? We lost the keys, authority on the earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, they got handed over to the enemy. Yeah. To you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Come on, wholeheartedness. And he took him to Jerusalem and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands they will bear up, uh, bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Amazing that the deceiver uses scripture out of context. Right? And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So we can see, we can, we can, we can uh, see patterns in our life that when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're born again, there is an enemy, there is a hostility towards us that doesn't want us to be who we're called to be. The devil does not want you to realize that you're a son or a daughter. The devil does not want to realize that because of what Jesus has done, you've been given authority on the earth. So there is a hostility and he comes with temptation. He came to Jesus with temptation. He hit him when he was low. I don't know if you've ever noticed that the devil always comes at an opportune time, never comes when you're hissing, Never comes when you're on cloud nine and all, everything's going well in your world. It's when stuff starts to shift and a few doubts come and, and you're tired and this happened and this happened and this happened. And he, he, he is not a gentleman. He'll come and kick you when you're down. 
Those are the times that we need to be most aware. Those are the times we have to rest in the Lord. Those are the times we need community around us that can help us, because I don't know what it's like for you, but when I get tired, that's most time when I'm, I'm the most open to temptation, when I'm just out, like just I'm tired. Amen? So what was I saying? He came back for a, another opportune time. Having to know the devil came again when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, man, why can't I speak? I blame COVID. Gis, gis, why am I saying gis? Yeah, thank you. The garden, right? He's going to go through the cross. He's, gonna, he's actually going to get us the keys and give them to us. So he has to go through the cross for that to happen, right? And that devil comes at that moment when he's weak, when he's, when he's, when he's uh, praying in the garden, when all the other disciples are sleeping because they, they're, they're, they're tired. Jesus is praying. He's interceding. He's asking the Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But my, my will, but your will be done. How many know that's a moment of weakness, that's a moment of humanity, and Jesus is praying, and the devil comes in those moments to try and get him to check out of his calling, check out of the purpose of why he came to the earth, yeah? How many know you've got a calling? How many know you've got a purpose? And there's a real devil that doesn't actually want you to come into the fullness of it, okay? So he passes that temptation, then Jesus returned in the, what? The power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went all through the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as it was his custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, somebody. You can put you, you can just say this over yourself tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set a liberty those who are oppressed. Well, who are they oppressed by, friend? The devil. Thank you. Set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know if you've ever seen this scripture in this context, but this is Jesus throwing down the gauntlet. This is Jesus just saying to the devil, I'm here to set the ones that you've kept captive free. I'm here to destroy your works, devil. The blind are gonna see, the poor are gonna hear the good news. Come on. The blind are gonna see, the deaf are gonna hear, the lepers are gonna be cleansed. The demons are going to be cast out. He's just come out of temptation with the devil. He's come into the power of the ministry that God has called him to, that, that Jesus has come to fulfill. And right there, he's just saying, I'm here to war. I'm here on your turf to bring my kingdom. And I don't know as Christians why we've forgotten that as Jesus was sent, we have been sent. And he now holds the keys. He now holds all authority. And we're actually on the earth to bring his kingdom. We're not just here to have a fun time. Although we can have fun along the way. Don't get me wrong. We don't need any more Christians that aren't having fun in life. Okay. It's the joy of the Lord. But you got to understand right here, Jesus is making a statement that I'm bringing my kingdom. You, you've oppressed You've, you've brought people into captivity. Well, I'm here now 
to destroy your works. Oh, come on, somebody. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. That's like a mic drop right there. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Come on. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. They said to him when that when he was on the cross, if you are the son of God, come down. Well, I'm praying to God he didn't come down or else we'd be still stuck in our sin. Yeah, he could have healed himself. He chose not to. He chose to be broken so that we would be healed. What? have we heard you did at Capernaum do here in your hometown as well? And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable is accepted, acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and a great famine came over the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman. We heard about Naaman this morning. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with what? Wrath. And they rose up to drive, drive him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. How many know you preach a good message? People are like, let's throw him off. <laughs> let's get him, take him out to Remarkables and throw him. But passing through their midst, he went away. This is all good. You guys have you with me? Verse 31, he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed what? Authority. So he's bringing authority. He's bringing another kingdom. So he's not just speaking words. He's bringing authority. He's bringing authority. Why? Because he's been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's the Son of God. He's been tempted and tried. I, I, some of us need to realize that that still happens to us. There are still trials and temptations. There is still an enemy that wants to wants us to, I don't I hate using this word, but abort our calling. Just stop it before it even starts. Like just put the heart like this is why there's such a um such a um intense spiritual attack when someone gives their life to Jesus. And can I just throw this out there? Sometimes it doesn't look what you think it's going to look like. Sometimes a spiritual attack is dressed up like a nice lady or a nice man. The amount of young adult Christians that I've seen give their life to Jesus and all of a sudden two weeks later there's some guy or girl on the scene and now life is filled with compromise and then there's guilt and shame and they're no longer walking with the Lord. Spiritual attack, <laughs> the devil is a deceiver. So he doesn't come, it's, it says he comes up dressed in light. Looks like a good thing. Looks like, looks awesome. Looks, looks amazing. No one's going to fall for it if it looks terrible. That's why it's called temptation, friend. Is this helping anyone? Some, we've got to be aware of what God wants to do. And I'm not saying that God's not going to send a nice Christian man or woman your way. What I'm saying is don't get distracted and just realize that there is an enemy who wants to take you out. Can I go even further today and just say, look, there is no pact you can make with the devil. The Bible says that he is a liar. 
always has been, always will be. There is, there is no, and this is what I used to do this when I was a pastor's kid because I was scared. I used to have this thing that, devil, I won't do anything to you if you don't do anything to me. I think there's a lot of Christians who live that way today. If, I don't, if I'm not too extreme, if I'm not too like in there going after it, then maybe the devil will leave me alone. Maybe there'll be no spiritual back, backlash. Well, I'm, I'm afraid to say tonight that the devil is the devil. And he does not have an ounce of grace or goodness in him that he will back off. So the only thing you should do is just go half for the Lord. <laughs> because that's, that's all there is. He doesn't like you, but you have a God who loves you. You have a God who is stronger. You have a God who has all authority. You have a God that has shamed every principality and power, stripped them of all their power. He, he is seated, and the enemy is going to be made his footstool. Well, I'm glad that I'm part of the body. Even if I'm the lowest part, I'm still above the enemy. Come on. Amen? Where am I? So, and in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean what? Demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Just right there. Can we just look at the authority of the kingdom of God? Can we just understand that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? So casting out demons is destroying the works of the devil. Amen. We don't even like to talk about demons anymore. We've got all kinds of names for them different diseases and different things, but I want to tell you right now, is I hope this is the scary one because I don't want to be focused on the enemy tonight, but I just want to bring an awareness that the stuff we read about in the Bible, the spiritual world is really real. And if we've always got his natural eyes, we're going to get really discouraged and disappointed in life. But if we can actually understand, hey, there is an enemy and there is a God who loves me. We're not going to just sit down and take whatever comes to us. And we're going to be passionate in our pursuit of destroying the works of the devil. The reason I'm reading chapter 4 is for us to actually see what destroying the works of the devil looks like. Well, number one, just straight away, it looks like casting out demons. God is not content to have people full of demons. We should not be content to have someone possessed, tormented. If we have been given the authority, then we should be casting them out. I don't know when the last time you've seen a demon cast out, but it's been a couple months for me. But we're called to do it. Not just a pastor, by the way. We are called to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Every time we cast out a demon, guess what's destroyed? The work of the devil. If we understand that we're in a spiritual battle, that we're in a spiritual war, you have already chosen a side. If you've made a decision for Jesus, I'm sorry, man, you're already enlisted. In case you didn't know, you're already in one. And there is a hostile enemy. And if we don't understand that, we're going to take life so weird. Like just a show of hands tonight, how many people have got stuff going on in their life and there's no natural explanation for it? But there is, there is things happening. Thank you for your honesty tonight. It's good for us just to realize, hey, this, these thoughts are not my thoughts. This stuff that's going on in my family, there's no logical explanation. It's a spiritual attack. And so I can't fight spiritual in the natural. I have to take the authority that Jesus has given me and destroy the works of the devil. He will not have a foothold in my home. 
You will not have a foothold in my body. You will not have a foothold in the church. So I use the spiritual authority that Jesus has given me to destroy the works of the devil. That's why we should all celebrate when someone gets saved here. That's destroying the works of the devil. When someone who was on their way to hell and was serving the devil now comes in a relationship with Jesus and gets set free, that the works of the devil are destroyed. Amen. That's a win for us. Yeah? Every time you choose to forgive someone rather than getting bitter, the works of the devil are destroyed. What is the works of the devil? To get you bitter, get you twisted, get you in unforgiveness. The Bible says you can't love God and hate your brother. There is, a, there is a demonic strategy to get us to get offended, to get us to get into unforgiveness, to get us into the flesh and jealousy and insecurity. You got to understand, hey, I'm in a battle and I'm, I can't afford to help the devil do his work. I want to destroy the works of the devil in Jesus' name. Amen. So he cried out, how, what do we have to do with you, Jesus, son of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent, come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands unclean spirits and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. I just want to, I imagine myself in that place where they're hearing people speak the, the Torah and, and speak the Word of God, but to have the Son of God turn up and actually speak with authority that things actually move and shift, that's, a, that's party time, man. That's awesome. That's, that's why the, the people of Capernaum are going wild. There is someone here who actually speaks and the works of the devil are destroyed. Wow. I actually believe that we're called to do the same. There is actually meant to be a, a spiritual authority that when we speak or we lay hands, there is actually something that shifts. And for too long as a, as a, as a Christian, I believe that we have settled for a gospel without power. Because we haven't understood that we are in a war. We haven't understood that, no, when I step out in the supernatural, it's not because I have a, a, a complex that I want to see God move. Or, or I want to be famous because God did something. No, I want to destroy the works of the devil. I don't just want to talk. I want to see the authority of the kingdom of God. I want to see the works of the devil being destroyed. That if the devil can come and manifest himself in a person on the earth, why can't the Holy Spirit, why can't the kingdom of God be manifest and break those chains? And we have given the enemy so much power and say, there's nothing we can do. There is everything we can do. His name is Jesus. And it's about time we realize that we have authority because of what Christ has done. It's about time that this become normal and real. That we have not moved on. We have not become more educated. We have not, we have not moved on for the gospel. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't believe the gospel can actually be preached fully without a display of power and authority. That makes me uncomfortable. That puts a demand on every single one of us. That when Jesus actually sent out the 12, when he sent out the 70, he says, go, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons. Tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Did you understand? Jesus didn't just come so we can go to a nice place when we die. He came to usher in his kingdom. So he's not telling the lads, hey, just go out there and tell some nice stories. 
He's saying, actually, use the power and authority that I have to destroy the works of the devil. Then they come back, they're rejoicing. Rejoicing. He says, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning in a flicker of a moment. Come on. He says, don't rejoice in that. Because he's saying, look, that's normal. <laughs> don't get pumped about that. That's normal. Be stoked that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, what, the reason I have authority is because my name's written there. The reason you have authority is because your name's written in the book. You're part of the army. You're part of the family of God. You've been given the authority. We are co-heirs with Christ. Come on. He's given us His authority on the earth. Amen. Whew, I don't know where that came from, but anyway. And they were amazed. Yeah, okay. And so the reports went all around every place in the surrounding region. And then he rose and he left the synagogue and he entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And obediently she rose and began to serve them. Again, Jesus was made manifest to what? Destroy the works of the devil. He's just cast out demons. Now what's he doing? Healing the sick. Praise God. Healing the sick. So he came to destroy the works of the devil. Sickness is not from Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, go out and heal the sick. Doesn't even say pray for the sick. That's a bit of a mind boggler. Heal the sick. Heard this amazing quote this week. Because I, I, we prayed for, how many remember um, Maggie? We had the word for Maggie. She had cancer and we declared over her healing. And we commanded cancer to go, and, and this dude was asking me, what gives you the right to command it to go? Well, this right here does. Command it to go. Why are we commanding it? We're not asking for it to go. We're not asking for permission. We're commanding it to go. Are we commanding the Lord? No, we're commanding the works of the devil to be broken because of the authority that we have in Jesus' name. So just a little practical tip tonight. If you're praying for somebody, you command the thing to go. You don't say, oh, dear Lord Jesus, it's your will. No, stop praying. Go home. Go home, get back in your closet, pray to God, because you've been given authority. Now, when you have authority, you command. If I'm in a war, I'm not saying to the enemy, hey, just, you know, if you guys could just lay off shooting arrows at me, and, and maybe if you could just let me just stab you, that'd be great. And I'm using the authority that's been given to me to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, healing is part of it. That's why Jesus sent him out. He said, heal him. Heal the sick and tell him the kingdom of God is here. What's he saying? He's saying, go and display my authority. Go and display that there is a king who is above all other kings. There is a Lord who is above every other Lord. Go in there and heal him. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Show him that there is actually authority in my name. I have been made manifest. I have been made visible to destroy the works of the devil. The Bible says, as he was sent, we are sent. We're still sent to destroy the works of the devil. While we are on this earth, we have a commission to destroy the works of the devil. That's why we should still be laying hands. That's why we should still be casting out demons. That's why we should still be raising the dead. That hasn't stopped. Jesus has not stopped being who he is. His kingdom has not uh, been belittled or diluted. It is the same gospel, even 2,000 years later. But if we didn't know we got spiritual authority, none of this is even possible. 
But it's all possible because of what Jesus has done. So he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. A lot of people want to stand over their mother-in-law and rebuke them, but rebuke the fever. I'm sorry. I love your mother-in-law, but I love my mother-in-law. I've got to stop saying jokes. I get so much trouble. Who says stuff like that on the microphone? And we're streaming. <laughs> Hi, Jane. I love you. <laughs> so I was sending all those. Where are we? And she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with how many diseases? Just random ones, like party mix. Brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Come on. And demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Sometimes I think demons have got a greater revelation than we do of the Lordship of Jesus. Verse 42, and when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place and all the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving there. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. All of that to say tonight, we are in a spiritual battle. We have been given the authority that comes in the name of Jesus. When Jesus gave his life upon the cross as a human being, he restored the authority back to us. Now, this is without trying to get too deep tonight. Even though the enemy is defeated, the Lord has given us the keys to steward His authority on earth. This is why I believe there's questions like, well, why doesn't everyone get healed? Why didn't this person get saved? There's multiple different questions about what we just talked about right now. But if you can understand that we live in a hostile world, that we have a, an enemy that is not just gonna roll over because we decided to step out. Now, some of us have got to stop questioning God of why and start seeing that we're in a spiritual battle and that there is hostility involved. That when I make a, a decision to preach the gospel, when I make a decision to step out in faith and pray, when I make a decision to forgive someone, when I make a decision to give my whole heart to the Lord, there is gonna be hostility. And I don't say that to scare anyone tonight. I say that for us to be sober, that it's not for us to go back to the Lord and question whether or not it's real or not. It's for us to understand there is an enemy on the earth. Jesus has defeated the enemy, but he has given us the mandate, the commission, co-mission, to see the enemy be put under his feet. He chooses to do that through humanity. A lot of us need to stop asking the question or stop making the statement that the world's getting worse and worse and start using the spiritual authority that God has given us to actually be salt and light and actually make it better.
we have been left on this earth to use the authority of Jesus to break the works of the devil. And I don't know about you, but I am so fired up to see the reality of that happen. People getting saved, people getting healed, people getting delivered, people growing in maturity, people choosing to be led by the Spirit and not the flesh. These are all devil work destroying things. People receiving breakthrough. People who are tormented that are now in their right mind. There is a real spiritual battle. And if we as a church, because a church is a spiritual thing, by the way. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. As, if we as the army of God don't realize that we're actually in a fight. Whew, oh, I feel like crying. Your responsibility to battle in His name for our marriages, for our families, for our city, for our nation, for our leaders. If we don't understand we're in a spiritual battle, some things are going to happen in our lives and we're just going to say, well, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. We get into this weird thing that anything that happens to us must be the will of God. When you're in a spiritual battle, you realize that ain't true. Some of the stuff happened to me is not because of the Lord. It's because I have an enemy. And if I can realize that, then I can, I can take up my spiritual authority and begin to live for Him. I can take my rightful place on His throne. Isn't that amazing? Jesus says that we're seated with Him in heavenly places. I get to sit with Christ, and because of what He has done, because of His name, because of His power, His blood, His authority, I get to sit with Him and see the kingdom of God advance on the earth. And if we could get that missional sons and daughters of the kingdom, we're in a battle, man. I believe there's a lot of things that we, were, that we are seeing and letting, and letting be present in our lives would go if we could see it for what it really is. I don't want to go hyper-spiritual tonight, but I want to let you know again, there is, a, there is a God that we serve, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who has defeated the enemy and given us the authority but there is still a world that needs to see the kingdom of God. And I, I don't know if this is just my, my call or my, my own heart stirring. I'm not willing to accept a gospel that has no power. We've had the tendency to just be like, if I just talk about it, I've preached the gospel. Imagine if we just had such a, a, what's that word when you just like really set in, res, res, resolute, 
is it? No one's helping me. I thought my wife would have helped me with that one. Come on, you do, you do the wordle. What's a five-letter word that means? <laughs> Joking. Such a determination in our lives that we wouldn't settle for a gospel that doesn't display the kingdom. Amen. The gospel, as Paul said, it's more than words, it's more than eloquent speech, but it's power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for every heart, every life tonight. I pray that we would um, wake up. Wake up to you. Wake up to your kingdom. We understand that your son, Jesus, was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Thank you that your gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Lord, I just want to prophesy tonight that there is a generation that you are in the midst of raising. I don't even want to say generation. There's a people, because I believe it's multi-generational. There's a people that you are stirring They won't settle for anything less than your kingdom come, your will be done. That are going to see the scriptures that we talked about tonight and say, that is for today. That is the gospel. Even when your early church went out, it says that you worked with them, confirming the word with signs, wonders, and miracles. We are here to see another kingdom invade and destroy the kingdom of the devil. So Lord, as a church tonight, we say we are here. We say yes to the fight. We take up our spiritual authority. Forgive me tonight, I didn't have time to go into Ephesians 6, but you can go home and read about the armor and the shield and the sword that's been given to us. And I tell you right now, you don't get given armor and a shield and a sword if there's nothing to do. You get given it when you're in a battle. And so we're praying for our city. We're saying, King, your kingdom come, your will be done. We bless your name. I pray, Lord, that anyone who is believing the lie of the enemy, that they should be fearful right now. I thank you, perfect love casts out all fear. God, we repent for the times that we have checked out of the fight. I think it would be safer not to be in the battlefield. The safest place we can be is on the front lines with you.
advance in your kingdom. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Anyone here who doesn't know Jesus?